and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard and its games because we've been watching them and now we have to share that with you. And it's not creepy. It's not. And even if it is at this point, it's kind of what we do. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host. And with me this week are two just astonishing co-hosts. They're like the X-Men. They're astonishing, astonishing co-hosts. And they don't actually have mutant powers, but just go along with it. It's cool. Uh, first up, She's also had lasers shot into her eyes like I have, so I'm disappointed neither of us ever got laser vision, but she does just about everything on the site, so maybe someday her lasers will come. Uh, Ann Stickney. Ann, what have you been doing this week? I live with that hope every day. I wake up in the morning and I glare at things and nothing happens. Well, except that they get kind of upset because I'm glaring at them, but you know. Anyway, this week! This week has actually been um, a good week in World of Warcraft for me because I got, uh, last night I got exalted with uh, our Argusian. Is it Argusian? I think Argusian. Is yeah. that how Argusian we're pronouncing Reach? it? I don't. I haven't heard anybody say it out loud, so I'm going to assume it's Argusian. Argusian Reach. Yeah, I got exalted with them, so I bought all sorts of mounts. Uh, what, what are the mounts? Just really quick, so people know. They are giant, chunky talbucks. They're you know the talbuck mobs that are kind of all over on yeah. Argus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's it's a variety of colors of that particular mount. My favorite is the dark purple one. But there's like that's a actually bunch of... a really good Talbot model. So yeah, cool. no, it's really cool because it's like you can kind of see the progression, you know. Because I have the original Talbots, I have all of them from like Burning Crusade, but now I've got like the big beefy version, and they they just look really nice. And then um, yesterday also, uh, I opened a Dreamweaver's Paragon box and finally got the stinking unicorn. Finally. So, Yay, so you don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to do any of the Paragon stuff anymore. I got stuff out of all the boxes. I've gotten them all. I, I, like, I have no reason to do it anymore. I'm probably going to do it anyway just because. <laughs> yeah, but now you, if you miss one, you don't care. Now if I miss one, I don't care, and I'm not exactly like you know trying to deliberately focus my attention on one rep over another. It's just if I log on and go, oh, I think I'll go do those world quests. Oh, hey, look. It's also the same day as one of those dudes that the emissaries, and I'll get extra rep. Not that I need it, but you know, it'll go towards a paragon box. I'm not really invested in the paragon boxes anymore. I got them all. I don't think, and I'm not 100% on this. I need to go look it up because obviously I just hit exalted with these guys. But I'm not sure if there's anything special in the Army of the Light or the Argusian Reach Paragon boxes. I don't know if there's anything cool in those. If there is, then I guess I'll start grinding those. But I mean, The only mounts I heard of are like ones that drop off rares on, on Argus. Yeah, and I've, I've still only got one of those that hatch from an egg. And for whatever reason, I was, I was on this like roll, uh, no pun intended, with the eggs where... I had two in my bags pretty consistently. Like, I would open one and then another one would drop for me. So, I always had like this rotation of two. And they ran out. And I haven't gotten an egg again in like forever. But all I've gotten from the egg so far, I got one mount. I got the manta ray thing, one of them, the purple and blue one. And then a couple of pets. And that's it. Um, Alrighty. Yeah. Nothing from the rares yet. Well, that's unfortunate, but I'm going to now introduce him because I thought you actually got some mounts recently, Mitch. Is that true? And by the way, this is Mitch. He also writes stuff at the site. Hi, I'm here. Staying quiet until Did, I'm introduced. And you've been introduced. I, I, I swear to God, didn't you put a picture of yourself getting some mounts on Twitter the other day? Uh, I got, so I got two eggs. My first two eggs, though, like I hadn't gotten any before then. But to be fair, I hadn't killed the rares that much. And uh, I got a pet from them and a mount. 
I still don't have any of the Paragon mounts, though, which means I'm seething with rage at Anne right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I can pass my levels. luck in your direction because I've used Please it all. Please do. So you can I think have, I... through the internet. You I have might have now. gotten another mount. I can't remember, but I, I do remember. I thought you got one off of a rare that was like a... Oh, yeah. I got the one from the Houndmaster. Or yeah. The, the big, tall one, like the demonic-ish one. What do they call those things? I, I they got breaker. lots of teeth and they kind of drool and they've got long spindly limbs and you can ride around on them apparently I forget what they're is called. That, are they the hellbreaker hell mm, something maybe Fellbreaker? hell hell bees <laughs> I, I don't vile fiends guys vile fiends vile, vile thank fiends. you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked it up while you guys were throwing out every horrible name for a mount you could come up with it's the hell bee the hell bees <laughs> like well, what I, I knew it wasn't. I knew you weren't talking about the thing that's a bunch of uh, a bunch of heads stuck together on a on a no, body. No, no, no. Oh, I, I wish you, I want that yeah. thing so bad. Is that that's yeah. a raid drop, isn't it? Uh, I think that's from the mythic uh, and Taurus, like the final. It's it's the like end game mythic drop. So uh, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get to ride any boo of soul type beast of many 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 heads all at yeah so, put together in one. Yeah, so I got the Vile Fiend, and I got um, one of my eggs had a pet, the other had a mount. Uh, I don't think I got any other mounts. Um, so you got one of the Mana Rays? Yeah. What I color did you though. get? I, I don't remember. Oh, okay. How much did you get the purple and blue, or one of the other colors? I think it's the yellow one, but... Okay. Um, that one is also that, pretty. Playing Heroes a little bit. Have you been playing Ana? Uh, actually, I just got her right before the show, and I'm playing her now. She's a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Uh, okay, at this point we should probably start talking about them there, top stories, because that's what we do here on the show. And I don't know why I suddenly said t- them there. That was bizarre. There, there's our stories. Oh, there's stories up in them there hills. I, I don't know. I, I apologize <laughs> to anyone who actually uses that phrase in daily life. Um, first up, we should probably talk about the, uh, the Zarya comic, which I didn't yeah. know about until suddenly there it was. Um, and you want to like go over what that thing was about? Because then I have some questions. I am actually really excited about this one, too. Um, well, okay. Combination between excited and awe. But the excited is because this is the direct continuation of... You remember the epilogue from um, Infiltration? The song mm-hmm. short? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a direct con- con- continuation of that. Um, oh. Yeah. It, it, Zarya is actually in Volskaya's office and talking to her. And Volskaya says, I need you to hunt this person down and offers to get her some help with that. And Zarya's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll look. So she goes and she looks and she's trying to hunt down Sombra, which, of course, is not working so good. And Volskaya finally says, look, I've got a hacker that'll help you out. And it turns out that the hacker is an Omnic. Oh. Zarya's not happy about the idea of having to work with an Omnic for good reason because um <laughs> hello, the Omnics kind of ravaged Russia up and down and they put a stop to the first Omnic crisis, but now it's kind of on the rise again and here Volskaya is asking Zarya to work with one of these guys. Um so needless to say there's some tension going on there that Zarya kind of has to deal with in terms of like her preconceptions of what Omnics are and what they're capable of and what they can do. Like she doesn't look at them as people. They are robots that need to be killed. Robots. Um, (laughs) Well, they eventually, they eventually hunt down Sombra and find her and confront her and she does get away, but there's, it's, it's, (laughs) 
along the way when they're trying to find when they're trying to find Zarya or no when they're trying to find Sombra excuse me they hit up um, Dorado and they run into a couple of familiar faces. Do you remember uh, the kid from... The kid from the hero short, yeah. Yeah, the kid from the hero short. They talked to her. They actually talked to her and asked her... Is it Alejandra? Hey. Yeah, Alejandra. They ask... Okay. They, well, they go into the shop and Alejandra's mother is there. And then they talk to Alejandra after that. And Alejandra says, well, I do have something. You're not, like, going to hurt her, are you? <laughs> or whatever. So you get to the point... It gets to the point where she, like, actually confronts Sombra... And um, Zarya tells her something that really, like, freaks Sombra out. She tells her her name because I guess Alejandra had that information and handed that over. Oh, Sombra's like, yeah, actual, we, oh, we don't know that, do we? Uh, well, we do now. We do now. Oh, we, we do, do now. now. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Olivia Colomar, I believe, is the last name oh. on that. Um, and Sombra's like, how did you know that? Uh, she doesn't confirm or deny it. She just says, how do you know that? But she's like they they have this little confrontation and this little face off and at the end of it all sombra theoretically gets away um but she also saves her robot buddy because now he's a buddy and maybe they don't really like each other i mean she probably still doesn't like omnix but i think what zarya has come to terms with here is that there is a lot more going on in the world than what she had originally perceived including so, with volskaya because volskaya didn't tell her about any of this stuff that was going on. She just said, I need you to hunt down this hacker. Like, yeah. Were there any, like, clues towards a new hero or anything? Um. I don't know about that. No, not well, I, really. I mean, just kind of, because we're coming up on BlizzCon, I wasn't sure if that'd be new hero reveal time or not. Um, not really, unless they decide that the hacker that she talks to, okay. um, his name is Lynx17. If if they put Lynx in as a hero, I mean, I could see them doing that because he's also a hacker. I say yeah. he. I mean, I, it, it's an Omnix, so I don't know how how much gender really applies to Omnix, but it's a he. <laughs> and I could see them bringing him in, but uh, okay. it, there wasn't any, like, real super direct implications that he was going to be a new okay. hero or anything. Well, yeah, I was mostly wondering because of the, like, queen of... Junker Town kind of thing. A lot of people were like, "We, I don't think we've seen her, or we've only seen like silhouettes." A lot of people were thinking, "There's like one image of her." Thing. Yeah, there's like yeah, one but a lot image of people of her. Were using yeah. that as like, "Oh my god, I really want you know um, her and to be the next hero." Be, yeah, she would be a cool, a cool addition. I think um, there's certainly enough room there to add her somewhere in you know yeah the whole. Because the thing about Overwatch is, you know, when they came out with it, they said that they were going to have a finite number of heroes. It wasn't going to be the kind of game where they just kept adding heroes indefinitely. Yet, at the same time, we've gotten quite a few new heroes. And, yeah, the cast is extensive, but everybody in that cast is pretty important. So I, yeah. I kind of wonder, is there room for them to add more heroes? And if there is, you know, who are they going to add, obviously? And the Queen of Junkertown seems like a likely kind of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Link yeah, 17... Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was like an equivalent. Yeah, Link 17 is like, he's a hacker. He's he's a hacker like Sombra. He just happens to be an Omnic. So I don't know if he's got any kind of like special abilities he felt, or anything. He, he felt background character in a comic He did. Okay. He did. Yeah. He felt he felt kind of background. It wasn't, it wasn't really a, oh, here's a new person for you to get totally invested in or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this usually, is the yeah. other thing. The other thing I wanted to mention, though, is there's it, during the confrontation between Zarya and uh, Sombra, mm-hmm. Zarya learns some things about 
not just about like you know her own feelings about Omnix, but very specific information about what Volskaya has been doing and how they've been doing it. Yeah, because I mean, in Inf- infiltration, the big thing that the big the big thing that Sombra uses to get Volskaya to work with her to be her quote unquote friend is she says, "Hey, do these people know? Do you do the people of Russia know that you've been working with Omnix to get this technology?" Like, do they have any idea? Because I have all these photos of you talking to Omnix and making deals with them and getting things with them and shaking their metallic hands. And how are the people of Russia going to react to that kind of information? Maybe you should just be my friend. And that's how <laughs> that ends. Volskaya never tells Zarya this. She just sends Zarya out. She doesn't tell her, hey, uh, Sombra's got this specific bit of information on me because if she had told Zarya, I don't think that Zarya would have gone on that mission. Yeah, and it's very interesting too because at the end, like at the beginning, Volskaya's like, "Are we friends?" and you know, Zarya's like starstruck and is like, oh, "Yeah, of course, we can be friends." And by the end, Zarya's like, "Friends don't lie to each other. You can call me by my last name. We're not friends," uh, which I thought was you know interesting. There's a there's a bit of she finds out like the origins of her her cannon. She finds out that it's an omnic device, which she didn't know. Yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. The the fact that you kind of get the sense that Volskaya kind of didn't expect Sombra to get killed. Like it's weird the way that their exchanges after Sombra gets away. You get the sense that Volskaya was more trying to send a message than actually kill her. Like a don't don't mess with me because she's not all that upset that Zarya didn't kill her. She no, doesn't, like, and. You know, she didn't even expect Zarya to get as far as she did. She didn't expect Zarya to actually meet Sombra. She she figured, okay, well, maybe maybe we'll get some kind of clue as to her location, but that's about it. She didn't expect Sombra to be caught. So um, Zarya was a lot more successful than Volskaya had ever planned. And I think that if Volskaya knew that Zarya and Sombra were going to meet face-to-face, I don't know if she would have sent Zarya on that mission. Because that secret, that secret that Volskaya has been keeping, the whole I've been working with Omnix thing, that's bad. It's it's not yeah. good. Um, it's something that could like completely undermine any any kind of sense of authority that she has in Russia. So, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, I really liked this comic. Now, the whole reason why I said there's like mild disappointment involved is because I was really hoping that we would get a Zarya animated short out of this. Oh, yeah. You know, especially since it was presented as an epilogue to Infiltration, I was hoping that we would get a continuation and something involving Zarya, like something animated involving Zarya. I was hoping that that was what we were going to see at Gamescom, and instead we got May. Not that I'm complaining, because the May short (laughs) was absolutely adorable and heartbreaking at the same time, and I loved it. Um, But now I'm wondering... Yeah, well, now I'm wondering, because where this leaves us is this leaves us in a space where, okay, we have started to carry this story forward. Like, this particular thread that you're telling, the story thread that you're telling, we've started to carry it forward. It took a year, almost a year to get here, because Infiltration came out at BlizzCon last year. Yeah. Um, and this just came out, like, last week. So, it took a long time to get here, but we're going somewhere. So, how far are we going to go? And I'm hoping... I forget, that- have, have we had other stories that take place, like, in the present? Like The Doomfist stuff. That was the, yeah, the, Doomfist, the Doomfist, right? stuff, actually, yeah. The yeah, the Doomfist stuff, um... His, everything that he's doing is also ta- it takes place present day, so it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting, and I don't know what we're going to see at BlizzCon. I'm kind of hoping that we'll get another animated short at BlizzCon because we've only oh had, I hope so yeah well we've only had the one 
no, okay, we have had two because we had the Doomfist animated short. It was it was like more hand drawn animation than the computer stuff that we were used to seeing out of the Overwatch team. But we got that one and we got the May one at Gamescom, and I'm like, well, are we going to get another one at BlizzCon? And if so, what is that going to involve? Because I don't think at this point. I don't know if they're going to do a new hero reveal. They might just, you know, settle for adding a new map or something. Um, they've been kind of like mums the word about Overwatch. They haven't done like major, yeah. major stuff yet. So BlizzCon would be a good place to actually put something like that out, like a new map or I don't know. We'll have to see. Spe- yeah, speaking of BlizzCon, since we probably should talk about it. Yes. Actually, you know what? We should talk about something else first. Uh, because I just realized that we hadn't mentioned it. Uh, there's a live developer Q&A that's going to be happening this Thursday. So if you're listening to us live two days from now. And it's if Ian. You're listening, uh, it's Ian. Ian Hazacostas, game director, is going to be talking patch 7.3 and other Legion questions you want to talk to him about. Like this, Seven, this one's kind of... It's 7.3. Yeah, he talk, specifically 732, and if you have questions, though, about Legion in general, yeah. he said to ask them. Like, this is the time to ask them, which kind of connects to BlizzCon because we know they're going to be talking about, quote-unquote, the future of World of Warcraft at BlizzCon, what's coming next. They've He said as much in a, uh, a video the, they put out. Yeah, the pre-BlizzCon videos. A year in review one. He one of the things they said was they were going to be talking about what they're doing next. He did not say expansion. He didn't say the words expansion. We believe me, Mission. I both watched the thing three times. I'm like, please say the word we, expansion. We really wanted him to say expansion, but he did yeah. not. He, so we don't know for sure it's going to be an expansion announcement. We we obviously suspect it will be an expansion. It's going to be an expansion. Come on. But until they say it, we're not gonna. But at any rate. So if you have questions about the game right now, if you have questions about, you know, what's coming in the future, if there's going to be a patch 7.4, anything like that, what 7.3.5 is going to be, if, if anything, the, now is the time to ask. If you can, want to ask, you can basically, the, the easiest way to do it is to go on Twitter and use the hashtag LegionQA, not Q and A, QA. Uh, so LegionQ&A, but without um, any percent. Also, real quick with Overwatch, uh, Halloween is starting in a week. The Halloween event. We don't know. It looks like there's a new Reaper skin. We yeah, don't really I, I know. I couldn't tell what was going on with that picture. Um, he looks almost like Phantom of the Opera ish. Ooh, I'd, um, be, I'd be into that. That'd be oh, cool. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm so like I you know I love Halloween in general, but I'm well. I'm, I'm wondering if we're gonna to see, see what... if we're gonna see Junkertown's Revenge or Junkertown's Revenge that that you know the whole little mini scenario thing. I'm wondering if we're gonna see that again this year or if they've come up oh. with a different one. Junkenstein's Revenge? Junkenstein, yes. thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting it confused with the new map that just came out. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Maybe, they'll be a, maybe they're going to put it in Junkertown this year. <laughs> we have no idea. That'd be cool. But the, the new, it looks like a new Reaper skin, like in the preview, so, which yeah. has me hopeful for a lot of new Halloween skins. I would be super happy if they came out with a different little like scenario thing, similar to Junkenstein's Revenge, but set someplace else with like a slightly different story with it. So like oh, totally. it's like oh we get these little story vignettes and they change every year that'd be neat instead of World of Warcraft where it's the same stuff every time. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, there are pros and cons. People will yeah. get mad they wouldn't be able to do the old one anymore. Maybe, well, they still. But... The thing is, they for like the summer games they included the old summer games skins that you could buy for credits, which you couldn't do in the last year. Um, you could buy them for credits, and they were cheaper than the new one. So like. You know, 
I'm not saying they couldn't do it. I'm just saying I know there would be people that if they took out the old There's, scenario, they would be <laughs> mad they couldn't play it. You, you know that there would be people who would be mad. That's well, yeah, how but are. I mean, if it was a limited time event, okay, it was a limited time event. Go ahead and give us a new limited time event. Why not? We won't be mad. I wag my fingers at those people who are angry. But uh, shame. since we're talking about that, and let's talk about something that's disappointing for me, uh, we got a news that like last week that there will be no new Diablo news at BlizzCon. No, nope. which I'm sorry. Uh, I, there's only one person on staff I know is more disappointed about this than me, but she's not on the podcast, so I will be disappointed for both <laughs> of us and say this is a really, really depressing thing, especially after the rise of the necromancer patch pack came out and it looked I mean, like Diablo was going to actually have some forward momentum and we might get some new stuff to, and I mean, and they've, they've been working hard on patch 2.6.1. Uh, the PTR has been going, I've been paying attention to it. They've been making a lot of positive changes to hear that. There's not going to be anything at BlizzCon. I mean, they're going to have Diablo playable at BlizzCon, but so what? I, I can play the yeah, exact was... Diablo you're going to have at BlizzCon yeah. at home. And, you know, it's just, man, that's... It, it kind of makes me... Moving... It makes Go me... Ahead. I mean, I was going to say, I'm not anywhere near as disappointed as you are, Rossi, or, or Liz, because I play Diablo really casually. It's, do I feel like punching demons today? Yeah, that'll make me feel better about life in general. And then I'll go play Diablo for a little bit and everything will be okay. But like, I'm not like super invested. I, I was when it came out, when it initially came out, I thought that the story for Diablo 3 was actually pretty interesting. Um, it was limited, but it was interesting. And there were enough kind of open ends at the end of it that I was like, okay, I want to see more of this, you know. But as time went on... We didn't really get a lot of anything. I mean, we got uh, Reaper Souls, which was great. That was also great. And it ended on a really interesting note. And I'm like, okay, what's next? And the answer to and that there has is been nothing. nothing for a while now. Um, Three years. Well, and I think, I think the thing is, is Blizzard, you know, they work with a philosophy where they don't, they don't like to pump something up until it's like ready to be pumped up. I feel like they have to be working on something. I mean, the well, Diablo team still exists. That's what I was going to say, is the post does mention, like, the future of Diablo. Yeah. Like, it, it it's going somewhere, and they're doing something, but... We just don't I, I think have they it wanted, yet, and I guess I it's not going to be ready. It off. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, it's not going to be ready by BlizzCon, so they're not going to announce something, you know, just kind of, like, put See, it out there that. when it's not yeah. ready to be presented. I understand that. But at the same time, it feels like we've had a couple of, for the past couple of years, like Blizzard has really missed the boat in terms of when to have something to announce when it comes to the Diablo franchise. Like yeah. the Rise of Necromancer patch is the last time they had like any good news for the game. And it felt really like. And it, it was extend <laughs> like the beta period was extended pretty decently beyond, I think, what they initially expected, which yeah. kind of just made it like. It came out in what June, and it was like, oh yeah, this is the thing they announced last November. Yeah, it's it's definitely a situation where I feel like Diablo. If you're a Diablo fan, it is frustrating, and I I do feel it needs to be said that it's frustrating. Not this isn't to excoriate Blizzard. This isn't to like drag them over the coals. This is just so when they're working on stuff in the future, they have this information that they understand that this is not ideal. And I know that they already know that, but it's one thing to know it because you personally want it to be great. And it's one thing to know it because you hear this is the fan reaction. And, and yeah, I, to be perfectly fair here, we'll just put that out there. 
Diablo's a really great game now. It maybe it yeah. wasn't when it first oh, came yeah. out, but they have reworked it into something that is so much fun to play. That's why we want to see more of it. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Patch, it's just it's a really 2.6. yeah. Patch two point six point one and the most like it looks like to be the best balance patch they've ever done. Yeah, like they're addressing one of the things they are successfully doing. And I'm I'm gonna give credit where it's due. Don Vu did a post recently explaining like what the PTR goals are. One of the things they've really done very successfully in the most recent patches, they've managed to get parity within within a class. Like where if you have a build you like, you can go with it. You do not have to like look up. Okay. Right now, if you want to be pushing greater rifts, you have to look up one build and basically use it. And it's the min-maxing that build isn't still. there. Yeah. And, and with this most recent one, you can now not do that and still get some success. It isn't yeah, necessarily you don't have to, to do be, the min-maxing yeah. thing. You can just do what's fun. And to, I mean, there's, it's Diablo. There's always going to be an absolute numeric, numerically best way to go, but it's no longer so cut and dried it's no longer so rigid that there's no point in playing anything except you know okay you're a witch doctor you, you got to go with this build no now you can there's three or four builds that can work and you can use them you can go between them and i like that i like a lot of what they're doing is really good it just it's unfortunate that it's kind of getting overshadowed by the lack of any real development any development right. news and it, that's, you know, that's all I'm saying. Not, it is nice it, to have expectations set ahead of time though like i'm sure it sucked for them being like yeah we have to you know, set if they, if they had not gone. told if they had not told people anything, then there would be a lot of speculation. Then the there rumor would be... mill would be out there, and when nothing was actually announced, then people would be really disappointed. And right now, it's yeah. like if they just say it flat out, say it, then everybody can come to terms with this knowledge and move on. And it won't. I will not be moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you won't be writing six million posts about. You know what are they going to say about Diablo three at BlizzCon? Oh, because we know no, there's okay. not going to be yeah. anything. Um, Most will all be crying. That's all they will. <laughs> It'll all just be no, crying. But in sincerity, to talk a little bit about BlizzCon, because like as as uh, Mitch mentioned before the show, they've uh, announced the schedule. Oh, they um, just announced the schedule. Yeah, yeah, it was just released. So, so the schedule's announced. We know more or less what we're going to get. We haven't actually had a chance to look at it, so we're not going to talk about that too much. But the point being, you are now in the the month. This it, is the month. It's it's official, guys. It's time to get hyped because I think it's yeah. like less than a month to BlizzCon. No, wait, it's a little bit. It's, it's like it's a like month a and month a and a day. day. Yeah, I think so. a month and a day you, or two, and BlizzCon will be here. So, one of the things that's always um, this year, by the way, one of the things you should point out is that this year the virtual ticket is better than it's ever been. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the you, fact that they are doing more stages and um, you'll be able to view more stuff with the virtual ticket is something that people have been asking for since they introduced the virtual ticket. Um, so and since they introduced more stages, well, yeah, yeah, that too. But like a lot of the panels and stuff like that, they're like fascinating panels and everything, but you can't actually catch them unless you're at BlizzCon. And there were some people who were kind of bummed out about that because a lot of these little panels, and I use the term little. Um, as more of a descriptive thing than than like actually encompassing the panel because the panel is anything but little um like like main stage versus side stage well the voice actor panel you know everybody says oh the voice actor panels are pretty small well they are because they're not in the main stage area but uh last year when they had all the overwatch voice actors there was it was standing room only and standing room only we we were packed in like sardines just to get a glimpse of these people on stage because it's just fun it's fun to see these panels um 
is there any real point to them? Are they introducing anything new? No, but it's fun. <laughs> I, my well, race plus... team got a huge kick out of the engineering panel, which was yeah. not broadcast, but there were like summaries of it. You know, I mean, granted, my raid team has an abnormal number of engineers, engineers but still. <laughs> I think in general, like a lot of those panels that people consider to be side panels, they, they don't they don't have big news announcements. They're not going to tell you, you know, they're not the same as the this is the next WoW expansion panel. But they do tell you things about the game currently. Like one of the ones that I I was always really mad I missed was the art ones, because my God, I love the art in some of these games. Yeah, and you don't the art get to panels s- are fun too because they you get an artist there who just sits there and draws while they talk. They're like really great panels, you know, but you only see them if you're there at the convention. So I'm really glad that they've expanded the coverage this time around. Um, and the schedule of events, it, I think it has the schedule for all of the stages. So you'll be able to see what's going to be on the virtual ticket and also what's going to be there at the convention, too. Yeah, um, yeah. If you happen to be attending in person, uh, if you aren't attending in person, pick the panels you want to see. Don't try and go to everything because you never will. <laughs> You'll oh, just yeah, drive yourself definitely. insane. Go pick the ones that you want to see the most in person because the other ones you can go catch on the virtual ticket later. All of those BlizzCon passes come with a free virtual ticket along with them. So anything that you don't see while you're there, you can go ahead and catch up on it later. It's okay. Yeah. Enjoy right. BlizzCon. Don't make it stressful for yourself. Yeah. It's like going to a theme park. You pick like the few things that you really want to go to. You don't try and hit everything at once. You'll just exhaust yourself, and that's no fun. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, well, at this point, we should probably move on to emails because we do that here at the show. We talk. We we read your emails. We like talking to you guys. You're cool. We like you. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, uh, so we know it's for the show. And reads the emails for us. So if you don't mind, Dan. Yep, and I'm going to jump down a little bit here because we've got a Patreon question um, who says, Hey, Mighty Watchers, this is 6,000. That's their name. They're a Patreon peon with a question. Would you pay for an only cosmetic expansion? Do you think an expansion that added different races for existing characters like Red Orcs, Sand Trolls, Black Iron Dwarves, Tonka Torin, Mechanomes, etc., and allowed pigments for armor and mounts and customized more spells through quests like the Green Fire quest, but didn't actually add any endgame content would be worth it? And do you would have it be any, worth it? And do you have me? any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on other fun customization that they could put in game? Cheers, six thousand. I, 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 whether it would be worth it for me and whether it would be worth it for the vast majority of people is wildly different questions. Well, uh, I would be like, yes, here, take my money. Dies, take my money right now. I've wanted pigments for my armor. Take it, take it. I would go. I would literally drive to Irvine and and like knock <laughs> on a door. Please, just here take you go. Now. Here's my wallet. I'll see you later. This is pennies. These are all sweaty pennies. Let's go. Just take them. <laughs> just take them. They were hiding in my beard. <laughs> I shaved it. They fell out. Some child ran off with them. Uh. Um, for me personally, yeah, no. And I, you know how much I love cosmetic stuff, but yeah. I think the standard with expansions is a lot higher, and the stuff that is mentioned here is is stuff that they could add in a patch. Maybe not all at once, but it's definitely the kind of stuff that Blizzard yeah. should not be making an expansion around. I agree with you that that would be the majority opinion. I definitely, I, I do not think that my feeling on this 
is is the player bases. I feel like I'm definitely an outlier here. I would be happy with this thing. This would be like, I would pay for this. I don't know if I would actually pay full expansion price. Well, and that that was the but other thing I was going to get. If you did it is... like if you did it like the uh, imagine if it was like the Rise of the Necromancer pack, you pay twenty five or thirty five bucks and you get all this stuff. I that DLC I might do. customization DLC. I could totally like see that. I don't, but I think for a full expansion, expansions are pretty expensive. Like, yeah, what are they like looking approaching 60 70 bucks or something yeah and i really do feel like the last like legion gave me what i wanted for an expansion i feel like legion is definitely delivered i would never say it didn't but the price is going up warlords is not worth the price. warlords cost i think me i paid I, I think i paid too much for warlords to just be yeah. perfectly honest and put it out there i think i paid too much money for warlords it didn't have a new class it didn't have a new race now there um, was the character the character models were all updated. I that's accepted great. that. I thought that was great. The leveling experience hands down what I saw in beta and what I saw in beta was the leveling experience over and over and over again. You don't see end game in beta. You just don't. You see the leveling experience. The leveling experience that I saw in beta was worth the price tag to me. And oh, yeah. I got the game, bought the game, leveled to the end, and then realized there was nothing beyond that, really. Nothing substantial beyond that. We got to non-jungle. That was okay for a while, but there weren't really that many. There was like three tiers of raids, and that was it. There wasn't an extensive series of like end game quests or anything to do the garrison i think ended up working against the game instead of with the game and i don't think it was worth the price tag i paid for it yeah we're, but, but i would definitely say that it still had more content than what we're talking about here in terms of content because this stuff's all great but it isn't actually content yeah and that's yeah, like I, mean, I said uh, you know a full expansion price definitely not having it as an expansion definitely not as and I know, I know people would hate this because people hate paying for stuff like this. But as something that we got as an optional extra purchase during an expansion, I, I'd be all over that. I would accept this as an end of expansion patch. You know how we use WoW has yeah. that problem where they introduce the last raid and then that raid sits there for a year before we get another yeah. expansion? If they took that, cut it down to six months, and gave us a patch with all this stuff in it, the, oh, the yeah, different character races, well. the pigments, the armor dyes, and that. If they added that in, in you know, to that final year, I would call that a good, a good compromise. I'd be happy with that. Um, as an expansion by itself, no, no. I want quests. I want a new zone. I want a story to follow. That's that's what an expansion is to me. If that's not in the expansion, then I don't know if I could even call it an expansion. It's like a cosmetic add-on that I'm purchasing for the game, and I don't know that the price tag would warrant that. And you know me, I am like nuts about transmog, right? I'm yeah, nuts yeah. about transmog. I'm nuts about collecting stuff and, and getting different pretty things, pretty colors. We're all kind of nuts about that. Um, customization is one of those things that I've been politely asking for, for a very long time. Like we've got the barber shop. The barber shop was added back in what? Was it Wrath? I, I think so. Wrath, I think so. That, that the barber shop was added. And we haven't, they haven't done anything with it since then. We haven't gotten any new hairstyles or colors or cuts or anything like that. That's something that I would love to see as like part of a patch. Armor dyes would be fantastic. Do I think we're going to get them? Probably not. But would it be cool? No, armor dyes. Absolutely. Yeah, armor dyes. 
Our dyes are a problem because it's not like Diablo where they have a base model and they apply various colors over it. No. The colors are part of the actual texturing. Yeah. That's why you have multiple. That's why that you actually have different colors. They're like actual different models. If they had yeah. the Diablo so, armor die system, tiers. though, if they had the Diablo oh, armor be great. die system in World of Warcraft, I would, I, I don't, I'd find somebody and I, I would also hand them my wallet. So you know. see, I think, I think the armor die system would be a perfect way to make inscription, you know, useful, uh-huh. rather than it's kind of gutted right now. Feels like. In terms of other um, customizations, because you know that is the other part of this question. Um, one of the things that I really do feel like we need to get into this game is tattoos. Oh, that'd be so cool. Please. It's been, yeah, it's been a long time. I also think Demon we need Hunters to... have them. Let's give everybody the option. I'm going to just flat out say this one. We need to have more options in terms of turning off armor pieces. Yeah. Because I'm kind one of, of the happy things... with what we've got right now, though. I am Except happy with there's... it. I'm happy with it, except the chest plates often. In order to make certain looks work, I have to basically find a chest plate that's effectively a bikini. See, and I would like it if we could do the one shoulder option. Yeah, there's actual, like, you have certain transmog. Certain models do that, but I wish we could do it yeah. for all. One thing, like, one of the things I'm thinking about is, like, you know, if you're trying to do, like, a barbarian-looking character or whatever, you, yeah. if you're, your big Torin still has a chest plate on, that doesn't make any sense. There's stuff like that, but... I definitely think tattooing. I definitely think other kind of customization options along those lines would be useful. Um, that just in general, I don't think you can make a whole expansion out of it. I mean, again, I know I'd like it, but that just because I'd like something doesn't mean it would actually be good for the game. What would you and call I'm, this expansion? Yeah, World of Wardrobe. I mean, seriously, <laughs> wardrobes of Draenor. We're going back to Draenor, and this time we're just going like, to look pretty. Uh, we but, found but, another yeah. use for the garrison. It also has a fashion show. No. no, I mean, but you know, in sincerity, I don't. Ultimately, I think we're all basically agreed that this isn't going to be enough for an expansion, as cool as it is. Is it stuff we'd like to see? Yes. Is it enough stuff for an entire expansion? No. No. People want raids. They want dungeons. They want quests and stories. They want to level. They, they there's there's a certain expectation with the word expansion, and if you don't fill that expectation, then expansion to ex- expansion. Mitch, like no. here. Anyway, if you don't fill, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't check off all of those boxes, then people are going to be like, "Well, what is this? I'm not going to spend my money on this." So you yeah. either present it as a patch, or you present it as its own thing that isn't an expansion. It's just an add-on thing. However, I don't think that they should present it as an add-on thing. I think they should throw it together in one mega customization patch that they chuck in at the end of an expansion when everybody's otherwise really bored. Because I yeah, tell you I mean, what, you when they came the, out with Transmog, when they came out with Transmog at the end of Cataclysm, was Cata. it? It was Cata. Yeah, at the end of Cataclysm, when they came out with Transmog, that was a successful patch. And that got everybody, they weren't just Transmogging their gear, they were going back and doing old content and farming all this stuff so that they could do new pieces and everybody was having like little Transmog contests and things. It was there, so much more popular than it, I think they expected. Yeah, it was absolutely. And the thing is, is like anytime you introduce anything that's remotely customization related, it's going to go over like hotcakes. Yeah. Because people love being able to do things to their character. They just they love it. <laughs> transmog, transmog was like literally the the, the day before transmog went live. Uh, I I literally was saying something like, "Yeah, who even cares? It's not going to be interesting." Oh no, <laughs> I like, was the moment they the, the moment they announced that I was just like, 
I, I was going on about how it was going to be boring and no one was going to do it. Literally, the, the first raid after Transmog, they had to summon me four times back to, to, uh, to Dragon Souls. No, no, because I was literally hearthing out after boss fights because I didn't like what I was wearing and transmogging <laughs> an org. Like, literally, at one point, um, the, the raid leader was like, where's our tank? Where'd our tank go? <laughs> I was like, um... He was so I, mad. <laughs> I'm in Orgrimmar right now. Like, why are you in Orgrimmar? We're doing we're trying to do some pulls. Like, yeah, um, my shield didn't work right with the new, the new shield I got didn't look right to me, so I had to transmog it back, and... So they summoned me back four times. This is, I'm not kidding. I held that raid up 15 minutes because the shield dropped off of, of whatever his name is, Warmaster, whatever, the big Torrent dude dropped his shield. And I was like, no, I'm not wearing this. This thing's ugly. So we're trying to do Spine <laughs> to go of Deathwing. make this look better. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do Spine of Deathwing. And I had to leave because it, it was, I turned it back to the, like the Elementium Reinforced Bulwark and got a hearth back in. I was doing that whole raid in like various uh, vanilla sets and it didn't go. It, this does not go with my Quelserar. So, no, I'll be right back. One so, of my yeah. favorite parts of Mists, and this was with a new guild that I had joined to do raiding, one of my favorite nights, or, uh, one of my favorite raid nights was the one where we had, it was called Auction House Roulette. And what you had to do, or roulette, excuse me, you had to go to the auction house, turn off the dressing room so you couldn't see what you were purchasing, and just purchase an entire armor set at random <laughs> for however much you want to, wanted That's to pay for great. it. And then you had to transmog those items onto yourself and show up for the raid. So everybody looked like they were wearing clown suits. It was so much fun. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. It was just like a little lighthearted thing that we did. It was just extra stuff. But yeah, anytime you can customize, anytime you introduce any kind of customization option, people jump on that. Yeah, we just absolutely. like being able to do stuff to our characters because we love our characters. We've been playing them forever. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that sticks out to me like a lot when I'm playing any other game is like, wow, I can really customize my character. And yeah. it, you know, it just makes WoW seem like even less customization. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next email is from Lomshank from Warm Rest Accord, who says, Hello, watchers, long-time listener and proud patron. My question is this. Do you think Blizzard will ever implement Thura, niece of Broxigar, into the game in a strong capacity? Her mysterious parentage seems compelling to me, and I feel a good story could be told with her, maybe even the next orc leader, mostly because who the heck else is going to? Thanks, Lomshank. <sighs> I... Oh, wow. I, you have feelings on this? I love I, I love that, that there's like just this extended uh, I don't I don't actually have a problem with Thora herself. Like she was serviceable in Storm Rage. She didn't really she didn't do anything tremendously annoying. I didn't like I didn't want to like throw like the book away from me in rage or anything. It's just <laughs> he That's he, a compliment for the back of the book. Well he, he didn't like it, it felt really weird because he'd come up with Broxigar, but Sorfang is right there. Make her Sorfang's daughter. Like, he had a son already. Make her, you know, she could be his daughter and, and you know, Sorfang's sister, the other Sorfang's sister, and work her into the family. Here's the or fun even... part, right? Here's the fun part. I interviewed Richard Knack after this book came out. Um, I sat down and I had an interview with him. And one of the things that I talked to him about was her parentage. And if I remember correctly, he said that her parents identity was deliberately omitted like they they said you know we're not going to say one way or another because we might want to do something with that in the future or we might not but we want to leave it open-ended 
that's why that was never answered. It was because it was a question they just wanted to, they didn't want to set anything in stone because that meant that they couldn't go back and do something with it later if they wanted. Yeah. They wanted to leave that option open. That's it. Yeah, it just ends up like, I don't know, it, it, you, you basically don't have the hook into her now. So nobody, she doesn't get used again because nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, well, no that was, as, as someone who doesn't really know who she is, I was kind of thinking like, eh, like Illyria and Turalyon. Those are you big know who names. they are. You yeah, and, I mean, they've been teased on the loading screen for ages. But, I mean, but if, like... if they brought her into the game, I think people would be like, oh, that's just another NPC. And then other people would be like, well, no, no, it's actually this person. They'd be like, oh, that's neat. Plus, they did a whole thing where she got the the wooden axe. And it's like, why would they give it to her and not to the like guy who's literally been fighting for the Horde this whole time? Who is her, who is her uncle? <laughs> why? And why? Like, I don't know. God, just. Uh, I don't. Like I said I don't. <laughs> Rossi I don't, has feelings. I don't hate the character. I I just feel like this weird policy of let's keep it open ended. Yeah, okay. You kept it too open ended. Now no one cares about the character, and we'll never see her again unless you throw her in. And the thing is, this was the expansion you'd expect her to pop up, pop up in, because everybody popped up in this expansion. Yeah, if they were going to add her, they would have done it here. Then that Trollbane showed up again. Uh, you know, if they wanted big... to add Madan, this would have been the expansion to do it. Not God, that I want them to add oh, Madan, but if they wanted to, this would have been the expansion to do it. Honestly, I really feel like there should have been an Easter egg of like, you know, a, a crushed pod with like, well, like an orc hand coming out of it. Just <laughs> oh, somewhere. Rossi. Like, like on one of the Legion planets, like he, he didn't get into, you know, the Legion found him. I don't I don't want the kid mangled or anything. I just want him to just not exist ever. I think being mangled is a little <laughs> less horrible than non-existence, but okay. Well, I think uh, they've kind of stricken him from canon at this point. Um, but in terms of th- in terms of Thor, if they'll have a show, I would be fine with them doing so. Uh, but I need they need to actually like do a story where we find out who she is. Like, did did Brox and uh, Sarfang have another? Like, Varrock have another brother, or you know, whatever. Like, who who where does she come from? What's going on? That. Where'd I'd be fine with that. I don't think yeah. that she'd lead the horde because nobody knows who she is. Yeah, exactly. And your bloodline means nothing if you can't prove yourself. And I don't think that she's been around in any kind of capacity to even warrant us asking her to prove herself. Like, I mean, if she showed up and was like, yeah, I want to lead the horde. And everybody went, who are you? You know, that's the kind of situation you're looking at. But Well, not, not so much horde as orcs, I think, was the... Well, even the yeah, orcs. Still, the same, orcs same would be the same thing. The orcs yourself. would be like, yeah. okay, and you are? I mean, if they're going to have anybody lead the orcs, Sourfang obviously is the likely choice. But um, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to go back to somebody that we've talked about before. I want to know what happened to Gorgona. Yes. In, in, yes. Over in Conquest Hold. Exactly. She killed her own sister for the Horde for Krom's sake or whatever. I don't know, yeah. And then we never saw her again. And she was cool. She was a cool character. We got to know her a little bit in Grizzly Hills. Um, that was a great series of quests. If you're Horde and you haven't played through Grizzly Hills, you should go do that because um, the Conquest Hold stuff is actually pretty interesting. You can get through it pretty quick right now if you're max level. So um, she's the kind of character where I'm like, okay, I want to see more of her again. Because, I mean, we got Nazgrim. Nazgrim followed us all over the place. We learned all kinds of stuff about him. But then we never saw her again. And I always felt kind of bad about that. Because I was like, I wonder what she's up to. (laughs) Is she still stuck up there in Conquest Hold? I don't think so. But I (laughs) don't know where she is. She hasn't. Nobody knows. This would have been the expansion to bring her back. And she didn't show up. So To be fair, they brought a lot of people back. 
They it's, probably, not, it's not yeah. like they, they lack for they did. characters. Making there's characters. also, like, I mean, there's the, there's another character that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was the the orc assassin, the uh, the sharpshooter, who, uh, if you did um, oh, the Jade Forest, if you did yeah. Jade Forest, Horde side, she was their sharpshooter, and she 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 def- she defected to Garrosh during the whole you know war thing, and when they broke Garrosh out, she was one of the ones that helped break him out. Wait, but you don't, you don't see her in Warlords at all. She never shows up again. Yeah, Wait, that's right. She was sure? in War Crimes. Shukia, well, I want to say, or something like oh, that. Oh, Shukia okay. or Shula, or yeah. But yeah, she was cool. She was like the Amber Karen of the Horde, and I, I'd like to see more from her. I for liked that. her, and then I was really mad when I was like, "Aw, she's taking Garasha side. Come on, yeah. she was cool. Now she's not." <laughs> but that's you the, were cool the thing until is, I knew you had loser friends. That's the thing is, you could totally do an interesting story, but like you know, the fact that she just felt she had to, like you know, this, this is where I swore my loyalty. I have to be loyal, and you could do fun things with these kind of characters, but. That was I, sort like, of I what to do with Nazgrim, though. Yeah, and yeah, and there's lots of orcs who felt that way. But the third, the problem with Thora is again, there's no story for her. The last time she showed up is in is in um, I want to say Stormrage. Yeah, it's Stormrage. She was in Stormrage, and that was her first and last appearance. She hasn't shown up since. We have no idea what she's been doing. Could they do something cool with her? Absolutely, and I'd be the first one to say yeah. But orc leader, she's not going to like leapfrog into that job. That's that's just. It's a big job, even if it is just leader of the orcs. The orcs have had gone through a lot lately, and they need stability. They don't, they're not going to want the first person who shows up like, oh, look, here I am. But I would like to see – I would actually not mind seeing a story as long as it actually fleshed her out. Yeah, if they, if they did something. Would, they... would you count like a book story as that, or would you, do you mean like specifically in-game? I'd like to see it in game, but I mean, I, if they did another book, I a book would be okay. But the thing, the thing about doing these books is that you know, if you introduce a character in a book like that and then bring them into the game, yeah, you have a much larger audience that is not going to be reading that book. Whereas yeah. if you introduce them in game and then write a book about them, everybody that's been playing the game, seeing this character, gotten to know this character, and gone, "Wow, they're cool," is a lot more likely to buy that book. So there's a back and forth there. Um, I prefer that they introduce them in games and then write a novel about them, just because I think that for the sake of sales, it would probably go a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Blizzard, be smart with your money. <laughs> well, You're they about have to run so out much of, of it. I don't think that they're really worried too much, and they don't care about one person's opinion on the internet. <laughs> Regardless, let's uh, let's answer at least one more question here. Um, this one is from Nehru, who's a 110 rogue. Shout out to rogues. Karen Tor, who says, <laughs> Dear Blizzard Watch podcast crew, do you think that the Helm of Domination, this is the Lich King's hat, Mitch, in case you weren't aware, um, is sort of a proto-phylactery like the original Death Knight truncheons? I ask because it has a gem, and when placed upon an undead, the Lich King takes control of the body. That is remarkably similar to the original Death Knight's with how the truncheon once put in the hand of a corpse allowed the soul of the necrolite to take the corpse as a new body. Nehru. Um, I would think, if anything, it's a, a refinement of it, not a proto. Proto-phylactery would imply that it was like the first stage and then they made phylacteries later, but the phylacteries definitely came first. The Helm of Dom- Domination is legion-designed. Yeah. It's, well, well, at least we think so. We don't really actually know where the thing I comes from. This, I had this theory, and I mean, I've had this theory since like Wrath of the Lich King, I think, was when I was initially kicking it around, that the Lich King is an entity. Like, the Lich King, whatever that is, the thing that we call the Lich King, it existed before Ner'zhul. 
Nir Zul yeah, was just the, used to whole, kind of like... facilitate that transition. And I mean, Nir Zul was like given the helm so that this entity, whatever it is, could fuse with Nir Zul, become something even more powerful. But that would explain why everybody who puts on the helm gets a really deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just echoes. I mean, it's it's the, like the acoustics in there. It's like in, being in a oh, really okay. good bathroom. <laughs> he takes it off. He's got a really high-pitched voice. <laughs> I am the Lich King, guys. I'm going to kill you. All I can think about is that seated Roger Rabbit where he's like, talks like this. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen oh, Roger Rabbit, you should go watch it. It's on Netflix right now, I think. <laughs> it's a classic. So... Yeah, my my theory, my initial theory on this was that the Lich King was some kind of soulless entity type thing that was floating out there in the nether and Kiljaden and the others encountered it and said, hey, this could be useful, but not on its own. We need to like do something with it so that we can point it Where at things help? rather than it just being actually, this entity. Actually, do you, do you guys, you haven't played a, a Death Knight yet? Have You, you have, Mitch, right? Uh, I haven't. I think I finished the first part of the campaign, but not the mount portion. You have a blood? Do you have a blood decay? Like, yeah. have you done the blood artifact at all? Yeah. The blood artifact has the soul of the person that made the axe in the first place, the demon that made the axe, jammed into it. Yeah. And then it eats. It's been eating other souls for, you know, since that happened. And they actually did that with Uthalesh as well. Um, Uthalesh, the soul harvester, the the warlock. Yeah, um, the scythe. Thing. That had there was a demon Uthalesh who actually fought Sargeras. Like when Sargeras first made Mardum, that demon fought him but lost, and Sargeras jammed him into Mardum. And then when he came and cracked Mardum open, the demon had been ruling Mardum because he was that powerful. Yeah. And so the other demons, like you know, he he was ruling them, and he tried to fight Sargeras again and again, lost. And this time Sargeras stuck him into the staff, which is something you see happening. Like there's also that the I forget the uh, warlock. Offhand, it's a floating head. Yeah. Um, It seems like that's something the Legion does, is they they take the soul of somebody who is powerful and rebellious and sticks them into items and uses them directly. Uh, We've got at least, like I said, at least three examples of that. It wouldn't be beyond the pale for the the Helm of Domination to eventually, originally, whoever made it might have got stuck into it. Like If there was a demon who crafted the thing, they might have been like, okay, and now you go in. And they'd be like, no! A demon or well, some other malevolent entity. Could have been a void entity, quite frankly, because we know that void magic is heavily involved in necromancy. Yeah. So they could have like found like some weird void creature and stuck it in the the. Well, and that's what helm. I was thinking was that this this thing because point being when in the Arthas novel, I think it's kind of hammered at home in the Arthas novel. Um, there's there's a whole sequence that plays out in the Arthas novel where it's like the spirit of Arthas and the spirit of Ner'zhul are talking to each other. And at the end of it, the spirit of Ner'zhul is quote unquote killed. Like he's just banished, erased, whatever. It's a really kind of compelling scene because you're not quite sure what that means as far as the Lich King goes. But I'm like, okay, if something can come in here and, and be the Lich King and then be destroyed, then what is left over? There must have been an entity there to begin with for this soul to like bond to. I don't know. It's just, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, and it all fits in with like the Frostmourne theme too. Because what did Frostmourne do? Frostmourne consumed Hunger? souls. So... It yeah, because it hungered. It was hungry, so <laughs> it had some tasty nom noms. But no, it it 
that whole concept of an entity that consumes things like that, it does feel very Death Knight. Like the original Death Knights did have, you know, the truncheon thing with the gems and all of that, and that siphoned it in. Those Death Knights existed. They were in-game. Well, not in-game like World of Warcraft, but they existed um, in the Warcraft universe before the Lich King became a thing. Because yeah, they were, like, they Warcraft were Warcraft 2. Warcraft 2. Yeah, yeah, Warcraft 2. And heck, if you want to meet one, you can still go to the Black Temple right now, and one of them's in the basement. Yeah, he's hanging out, you know. Good old Terran Gorefiend. I'm waiting for you to do the dumb game with the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're going to kill me in one hit? No, I have a ghost game. Nope, not doing it. Funk. <laughs> I haven't done Just that. Just drop on the axe that you haven't yet. dropped yet. I, I still want to go oh, back I and do, that, do on, that. Yeah, I haven't done it on time walking yet because I was like, do I really want to subject myself to this? Yeah, maybe I'll hit it the next time I'm, it rolls around. <laughs> I'm waiting until I actually have the the glaives. Oh, uh, see, I have the glaives. I could have gone and done that, have... but it was just, it was a matter of, this is a really lengthy time investment, and I don't necessarily yeah. have that much time, and also, these people might not all necessarily know what the heck they're doing, and I don't know if I really want to deal with that today. So, I never actually got around to it the first time. I, I think when it rolls around again, maybe I'll take a stab at it, see what happens. <laughs> stab, it's your rogue. Haha. <laughs> anyway, uh... Thank you for your email there, Nehru. And I think that kind of wraps us up for emails. We've got some that we'll go ahead and we'll just carry forward to next week. That's fine. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for us. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be here next week. <laughs>